You guys already know, Saturday episode, you know how we give it up. The IKP, we're giving out my week four predictions, um, top 10 teams, NBA finals. We also going to talk a little bit of Kyrie Irving um, and his comments. Um, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to tell you guys what I really think about his comments. Uh, can't wait to get to that. So let's get into it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Saturday episode. You know how the Isaiah King podcast gets down on Saturdays. If you don't know, you're about the, you're about the, you're about the experience. Let's go. So live from your from the nation's capital, D.C., Washington, D.C., the Isaiah Kid podcast. So let's talk about Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, you guys already know. I gave you guys the scoop, or I gave you guys a little insight. You guys already know. You probably, you probably, you guys probably already know what I'm about to talk about with Kyrie Irving. But let me just say, I like Kyrie Irving as much as the next man. Uh, I think he's very talented. I have I have never questioned his talent. I never questioned his talent. Or his skills. Uh, I think he has the best handle in the league ever. I think he has the I think he's the best ball handler in the league ever. And I think he's a, a I think he's just an absolutely phenomenal finisher around the rim um with both hands. Especially for a guy that's not like super athletic. For a guard his size, I think he's as good as a finisher. At his size that we have seen. Um, with both hands, his ambidextrous skills, his touch around the rim, I think it's phenomenal. But let's be real, okay? Let's 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 be real. Let's think about what was Kyrie's brand? What was Kyrie's reputation before LeBron? I tell you. Kyrie's brand, his reputation before LeBron was often hurt, can't really win, a bit of a diva, kind of hard to play with, very ball, very ball dominant, very ball centric. Okay, then LeBron, then LeBron joins Cleveland. LeBron signs with Cleveland. LeBron, he saves Kyrie from the pits of hell. Okay, <laughs> and. Kyrie, he gets to he gets to playoffs first time ever. Kyrie wins sixty eight percent of his games with LeBron. He wins his first title ever. He gets to the finals for the first time in his career ever. Okay, and you started Kyrie Irving started getting sneaker deals. Yeah, um, his name started to be mentioned in the same sentence as. Steph Curry and Wessel Westbrook and Chris Paul at the time his name was his name was starting to be mentioned with those upper with those upper echelon point guards at that time 
And then let's just transition towards after LeBron whispering his reputation. Kind of says some crazy things, uh, you know, ball-centric. Once again, ball-dominant, ball-dominant, uh, kind of a diva, and often hurt. That is what Kyrie is. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Because with Kyrie, with Kyrie, we kind of know his brand. And it's just, and, and, and even when at, at the time when Kyrie said he wanted out of Cleveland and wanted to leave LeBron, I questioned that. Because, like, why we want to leave LeBron? You, Kyrie experienced career highs. Kyrie experienced, um, he, before LeBron got to Cleveland, Kyrie was winning 35% of his games. LeBron goes to Cleveland with Kyrie, he's winning 68% of his games. So I just found it interesting that, um, he would make such comments to, or some most of us including myself tend to think that he would make such comments as he did but i'm going to play those clips and before i play that clip i'm going to play the coach clip because i found it you know how fitting kevin durant he has a media company um and kevin durant he's starting his own podcast and uh, on the very first ep- on the very first episode, how fitting would it would it be to have his superstar teammate? And they were talking about how they don't really particularly think they need a coach. Or and Kyrie also mentioned that um Kevin Durant is the first player on on his team. He's a, he's he's his first teammate where he can make a clutch shot. So. Let's play the clip. Let's talk about these things. In, in, in the clip I'm about to play, you guys, this is the clip where Kyrie Irving is basically, basically explaining, hey, he don't really see them having a coach. And what I mean by them, I mean the Brooklyn Nets. He don't really see the Brooklyn Nets having a coach. Here goes the clip. We don't need somebody to come in and put their coaching philosophy on everything that we're doing and change up the wheel and yo, you guys need to start doing this. And we start running on the first day of practice. It's just like, no, <laughs> I don't really see us having a head coach. You know what I mean? Like I, Katie, a head coach. I could be a head coach. Jacques Vaughn could do one day. It could be, it could be, it could be, it's a collaborative effort. I think on our part. Okay. First of all, I would like to address some of those comments. What, 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 what wheel? Changing what wheel? Changing what, what, what philosophy? Kyrie Irving played like, he played like 20 games for the Nets this year. What philosophy? What wheel would, would Steve Nash be, what, what, what wheel would he be turning or changing? Kevin Durant, I mean, he, he, has a, he didn't play a game this year. What, what are these things that they are talking about? Also, for a guy like um, for guys like Kyrie Irving and both Kevin Durant, um, I would think you. And first of all, first of all, before I even get into those two, you need leadership. I feel like you lead. You need you need some type of leadership in everything in life. I feel like you need some type of leadership in everything in life. Any any organization, anything that you go through like that, you're that you're participating in in life. I feel like there should be a leader. And what I mean by leader, 
a leader, I, what I mean by leader, I'm not, so, I'm not talking about somebody that's an authoritarian or somebody that's a dictator. No, but I think coaches, <laughs> in, in, in this particular instance, it, it's, it's a viable asset to have. And you need it. And, and especially with these two guys. You need it. So when, 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 Ky, when Kyrie and then, and then KD, he gave his input and basically agreed, um, it just doesn't sit well. And if I'm Steve Nash, I don't know how to take that. I, 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 I don't know how to take that. And I know Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I know both of them were a part of the process of hiring Steve Kerr, but that's not quite the best introduction. Um, that's, not, that's not the best introduction for Steve Nash. So we're already getting that. So Steve Nash is already walking into an atmosphere, into a setting, into a room, into a locker room, per se, where um, his two best players feel this way. His, his two best players already, the season hasn't even started, but already, already, we have we 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 have his best players stating, "Oh, we don't need anybody trying to bring in their philosophy. We don't need anybody trying to turn the wheels around. This is a collaborative effort." And and, and mind you, I understand the NBA is a player player league. I've been talking about I've been talking about the the NBA being a player league as long as been as long as I've been doing this podcast. So I understand it. It's a players' league, and players obviously have their input, especially the star players. Star players, yes, they get leeway, rightfully so. I often say you make exceptions for special individuals. Obviously, we we, we saw it in the last dance with Phil Jackson and, and, and Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman went out to Vegas. Phil Jackson knew. That Rodman had to get some him time. Rodman had to get some personal time. So he could perform at his best. But we all know this is a player's league. But, but, you need coaching. You need some type of philosophy. Why do you think the 76ers just hired Doc Rivers? Why do you think the, like, just, just, like, think about that. Think about that and analyze that. Why did the Philadelphia 76ers hire Doc Rivers as quick as they did? Oh, you know why? They fired Brett Brown because the players gave up on Brett Brown. And Doc Rivers is a guy with some type of championship pedigree. And yes, so be it. He didn't have the... He, 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 I, I feel like he underperformed with the Clippers. He underachieved with the Clippers and those teams that he had. But Doc Rivers, don't get a mis- don't, let's not get it mistaken. Doc Rivers is still a good coach. Doc Rivers is still a coach that won a title. Philadelphia hired Doc Rivers to install a philosophy. And that's why you hire a coach. Look at Steve Kerr, Pat Riley, Phil Jackson. (laughs) This is why you hire coaches. So I think for Kyrie and KD to state that, hey, you know, I don't think we really particularly need a coach. I don't see the importance of a coach. I feel like coaching, anybody can be the coach one day. I think that's total BS. I think that's total BS. And like I said, I think Kyrie and KD are great players. 
Um, KD is obviously a top 10. He's a top 20, top 15 all-time player. He's an all-time great. KD's an all-time great. If Kyrie can stay healthy throughout the duration of his career, he should he, he should be able to, he should be a Hall of Famer. These guys are Hall of Fame type level players. But this right here, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't resonate to me. It just doesn't. It doesn't, it does, it does not resonate to me. And if I am Steve Nash, I don't know how to feel coming into the locker room day one. Because I have this, there's been a, there's been an atmosphere set. There's been an atmosphere set in place. And it started with your two best players. You know, I, you know, you know, they, they're saying, oh, you know, I don't really think we need a coach. You know, it's just, no, this is not pick up basketball. This is not, this is not pick up basketball at all. This is not pick up basketball at all. So I think, um, we're, I think we, you know, and, and with this Katie and Kyrie thing, um, I think the Brooklyn Nets, and this is, this takes nothing away from them. I think the Brooklyn Nets may have the best team in the Eastern Conference. I, you get a healthy Kyrie, you get a healthy KD with 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 guys like Curtis LeVert, um, Joe uh, um, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie. I think this team is the best team in the Eastern Conference, or it has the chance to be. I I will put my money on them to be the best team in the Eastern Conference, but. I just think it's some it's some of these comments like this that could lead that can lead to um to some locker room trouble. It can lead to some on the floor trouble, and I I just don't like it. I I just me particularly I just don't like it. I'm not in favor of it, but I also know that this is somewhat of our this is our society. We have more individual thinkers. We have more independent thinkers. Um, we we kind of sort of live in a rebuttal society. We live in somewhat of a in a rebuttal society, and there's like I understand it. Um, I'm a part of that, but I think this is just a, a bit out there. This is a bit out there to say that you don't need a coach. It's a bit out there. That's all. I think it's a bit out there. And then Kyrie went on to talk about um, LeBron. Oh, he didn't talk about LeBron. Let me not state it like that, because some of you guys may think he's talk. He he's not to walk, talking towards LeBron. Maybe you, some of you guys may think that he's just giving a really, really, a really, really, really great compliment to Kevin Durant. Well, I tend to think the other the other way. I mean, I think it's a compliment towards KD. But I also think it's a it's a it's a it's a settled shot at LeBron, and here is the next clip. Ten seconds left, one point game. Who's shooting? You you a Kyrie, KD? Depends on who's hot. I don't see it as that as anything other than that. Like one three pick and roll, or it's an ISO for either one of us, or it's something great for our our team. I'm one thing I'm I've always been comfortable with is, you know, I felt like I was the best option. On every team I play for, you know, down the stretch. This is the first time in my career where I could look down and be like, that might make that shot too. <laughs> okay, so 
Uh, I don't even I don't I don't want to make this long because I'm I'm gonna talk about the NBA Finals. And I'm gonna get to that. Uh, I got a couple points with the NBA Finals, but with with that with that comment right there with Kyrie, um, part of it I have no problem with. It. Like that 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 part that portion where he is saying, "Hey, on every team I've been on, I felt like I've been the best option down the stretch." I got no problem with that because. One could argue, and I would probably argue that, yeah, Kyrie, throughout the duration of of his career, even with those years with LeBron, Kyrie could make a very strong case and argument that yes, he is the guy that should have the ball with you know with the with the game on the line. He he makes that that's a very compelling point, and props off to him. I I, I agree. I, I would probably agree with him. But to all, but then to say that you haven't played with nobody that can make, like that can make a shot too or that shot too, I think that's a little subtle shot. And we know who LeBron James. I think that's a little subtle shot. And and and, and I've and I've talked about this on this podcast many times before. And it's the narr- it's the false narrative because it, it, it's a, this is a false narrative that's out there that's been that's been stated for that's been stated for a very long time. But I thought we put it to rest. But I guess it's opening back up. And it's the oh LeBron James is not clutch. Oh LeBron James, you know he he can't hit the big shot or he don't want to take the big shot. That's a false narrative. Um. And I, I, there's, there's, you, you guys can go look at the numbers. There is a multitude of numbers. There's multiple instances where LeBron is pro, like, to, like numbers wise, percentage wise, he's probably the most clutch player superstar down the stretch in the postseason. Look at the numbers. You, there, 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 there's multiple numbers. There, there's percentages out there. That shows and state, and that would back up what I'm saying. LeBron James is probably the most clutch superstar down the stretch in a tight game. In the in the closing moments, in the clutch moments, however you want to define it. There's percentages out there where LeBron, his percentages are high in those type of moments. And what I mean by high, I mean by him Taking and making a clutch shot. Simple as that. But I so I I, I think it is a subtle shot at Kyrie. Um and Kyrie, his video after he, he put he put out he put out a little Instagram video afterwards saying that I don't want the media to put two brothers against each other. But I'm like, Kyrie, hold up, first of all, first of all, you you did that. The media, the the media isn't. The media is not. They're not putting two brothers together. You did that. You said that. Now it's a great. It, it, I found it to be a really strong compliment and a, a a really good compliment about Kevin Durant and his new teammate. I think it's a great compliment for KD, and it gives KD some confidence. Even you know, I'm not saying that KD lacks confidence, but it gives some confidence to KD. But to say. 
that KD is the first guy that you can look at and say, oh, he can make that shot too? That's a settled shot. That is a settled shot. Um, so, I, I, like I said, I didn't want to spend too much longer on uh, Kyrie Irving and, you know, those outlandish comments. But I had to touch bases on that. It was a big talking point. So, let's move on to the NBA Finals. Um, game 2 was yesterday. The Lakers won 124-114. Um, game 2 was a little bit closer um, than Game 1. Game 1 was just, uh, I mean, it was just, it, it, Game 1 was, wasn't even close. Game 2 was a bit closer. Um, this series is a mismatch. Um, the Heat are small. And, and, and I must say, the, the the final score was 124-114. The Heat tried to keep it close. They tried they played their tails off. They played much harder than they did game one. It was much closer than it was game one. But they just don't have enough. Um it's just it's it's just not enough against this Laker team. The Heat went to a zone. Uh they did I they did some two three zone. They did a one three one zone. They did different variations. It just didn't work. Uh, they but but the main goal of that was to force the Lakers to shoot threes and basically force those role players like Marcus Markeith Morris, uh, Rajon Rondo, Alice Caruso, KCP, Danny Green, force them, Kyle Kuzma, force them to make three pointers like they did in Game One. Now, obviously, we we all knew the Lakers wasn't going to shoot sixty percent from three point land again. I mean, they weren't going to do that. It's it's tough for it's tough for it's tough for any team to do that. But then the Lakers to do that, I, that 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 wasn't going to happen. They forced the Lakers to shoot a record high forty seven three point shots um, in the entire game. The Lakers only made sixteen. But this is just a total mismatch. This is a total mismatch. Um, this is just a total mismatch. But I also think, hey, okay, I have a, but I have a bigger comment to that. I think we are witnessing, I think we are witnessing the passing of the torch with Anthony Davis. I think LeBron James, whoever, because, because let's be honest, the most compelling thing about this NBA finals is who's going to win finals MVP. Let's be honest, that, that, that's the most compelling a uh, storyline and headline for this finals. Who's going to win finals MVP? Um, and I think if let's just per se for scenario's sake, for argument's sake, let's just say Anthony Davis wins finals MVP. I think that I think that elevates his career status. I think that elevates him. Um, he's played phenomenal in the bubble. He's played phenomenal in these playoffs. And Mind you guys, I'm the I'm the I'm the very guy that on this podcast on multiple occasions I have stated I think Anthony Davis if you're just if we're just going off based off of pure talent and looking at it from a talent perspective Anthony Davis has legitimate argument for being the best excuse me for being the best player in the league if we're just if we're just looking at a talent perspective just legitimate talent Anthony Davis has a damn strong case for being the best player talent-wise in the league. But I always questioned his aggressiveness. 
Um, and, 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 and rightfully so, because throughout the regular season, his numbers in the fourth quarter, they, 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 wouldn't, be at, they wouldn't be at the same rate as they were in the first three quarters. But in these playoffs, he's, hit, he's had some big moments. He's hit a big shot. He's playing well in the NBA Finals. I think he has the he has the third most points in the first in his first two NBA Finals games. He has the third most points in the, in his first two NBA Finals game in NBA Finals history. I think the only two players with more points in their first two games of the NBA Finals is Michael Jordan and Shaquille O'Neal. So that's great company. Um, it, it, you know, obviously Anthony Davis is going to take advantage of the, the size mismatch, rightfully so. But I think we are witnessing the passing of, of the torch. Um, because I, 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 know, I know Kevin Durant, he's going to be back healthy next year. Uh, or we assume so. But let's be honest. Let's, 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 let's be honest. Let's have a real conversation for once. Uh, Anthony Davis. I mean, Anthony Davis. Kevin Durant. He's going into what? Year... 12, year 12, year 13, he's going to be 32 years of age coming off an Achilles injury, an Achilles tear, where literally only one player in NBA history has successfully come back off an Achilles tear and was, st- and was still a legitimate superstar. And that was Dominique Wilkins. Dominique Wilkins averaged 27, 28 points off an Achilles tear. But if you look at any, any player... That has had a, that has had an Achilles injury, they haven't quite came back the same. So I don't know if Anthony Davis is going to be. I mean, I don't, I don't know why I keep saying Anthony Davis. I don't know if Kevin Durant is going to be that same guy before the Achilles tear. And I think I think that's I think that's a right. I think that's a that's a statement. That's a okay statement to make. I feel I feel like that's an okay statement to make. Um. So and, and and don't get us don't get us screwed up. Like if Kevin Durant was to come back eighty percent of himself, Kevin Durant eighty percent of Kevin Durant is still better than a lot of players. Like eighty percent of Kevin Durant is still a top ten player in basketball. So don't 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 get that misconstrued with I, that with that statement I just made. But I think we I, I think we are I think we are legitimately looking at the next best player in the world. Um, cause, cause once again, I'm the same guy on this, on this podcast that said talent perspective, talent wise, I think Anthony Davis is, he's a, he's a more athletic version of of Tim Duncan that can shoot. Just imagine if Tim Duncan could shoot a three point shot and was more athletic than he was. I think that's Anthony Davis that we're looking at. So a finals MVP, a championship, I think, definitely elevates him, and he has a damn good case for being the best player in the world. You can make the argument, but also, also, I feel I, I, I don't want to say I don't I feel bad for the Heat, but this is a total mismatch. I think everybody, I think most people predicted that the Lakers would win. Um, it, you know, this series reminds me of Space Jam because, uh, like, like, like. You remember the Monstars, the, those the aliens that you know that took Charles Barkley and Sean Bradley and uh, Patrick Ewing, Muggsy Bowe. They took their talent. 
And the Monstars, they turned into these big aliens, big monsters. And they were playing against Bugs Bunny and the Looney Tunes. And it was just a complete mismatch due to the size. It was was just a complete mismatch due to the size. This is what this series looks like. I mean, I I feel, I mean, looking at, like, for example, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Tyler Hero, he, he was just in high school two years ago. He was just in high school. He was just in high school two years ago. Now he's out there competing versus Dwight Howard and LeBron James and and um and, and Anthony Davis. They, those guys got muscles coming out their neck and their ears. I mean, they they have no they have no shot. I mean, look at Dwight. I mean, I'm looking at highlights on my screen, and Dwight Howard he got he got muscles coming out his head and his neck, and to, and poor Tyler Hero. Two years removed from high school, got to play against that in the NBA Finals. So this is a this is a complete mismatch. Um, I give the Heat a lot of credit. They tried everything last night, uh, or or they tried a lot. They tried to do a lot of things. Um, Kelly Olynyk played well. He shot the ball well. Came in, shot the ball well. But it's this is a mismatch. It's nothing much that he can do about it. Um, and you know, it, it's just it's just nothing much that he can do about it. I, that's that's the way I'm looking at this series. I said Lakers in six, but I was hesitant, and I was I was I, I was so close to saying Lakers in five, but it, it looks like it's going that route. Obviously, Game Three tomorrow is a must win for the for the Heat. Um, you don't want to go down three zero, but everything seems like it, it's pointing in the direction of this damn game is going. In, this series is going in three zero. Um, I I did I do think the Heat they tried their best into forcing the Lakers role players like uh, Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, Danny Green, KCP, Rondo, Markeith Morris. I do think they tried their best to force them force them to beat you, um, and it and it and it worked at times because at times the Lakers went on scoring droughts. There was there was times where the Lakers they just went cold. I mean, because the heat in the zone, they can't really get inside the paint as easily as they want to. So they had to settle for three-point shots. And it, it kind of worked out well for the heat at, at, at times. It, you know, the Lakers got into a drought. But, you know, it, it, I think this is just too much, it's too much to overcome. You, you, it, was already, it was already a lopsided series with no Bam, with, with, with Gordon Drogic and Bam. But with no Bam or Drogic, it's just really lopsided. Um, so yeah, that's what that series. This is that's what this series reminds me of. It reminds me of Space Jam. It reminds me of Space Jam. Monstars, they're just so much bigger and stronger and, and better than the Looney Tunes. <laughs> and that's that's what that, that's what this series reminds me of. The Lakers are just so much better, uh, just taller. Stronger, more length, offensively and defensively. I just think it's too much for the Heat to compete with. Now let's shift gears to um. So my NF, my top ten teams going into this week. I this is one of my favorite segments to do. You guys know, or if you guys are regular listeners of the IKP, you know during the football season. I give you guys my weekly top ten teams. I can't wait for this segment. Uh, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna catch a quick break. 
Um, we're gonna we're gonna go into the top ten teams after this quick break. Live from DC, we have the Isaiah Kid podcast. Um, once again, I got my segment top ten teams going into week four. Um, by the way, before I even get into this segment, um, into my top ten teams. Two postponed, two postponed NFL games. Um, the the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Titans, and uh, the 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 Patriots and the Chiefs. So those were those were two of the better games this weekend that was supposed to come on, but due to COVID, um, there's been some positive COVID tests with the with the Tennessee Titans. Um, their entire facility has been closed this week, uh, and now today. today uh, Cam Newton tested positive for camp for, for uh COVID nineteen. So uh that so that Chiefs and Patriots game has been postponed. So those were two of the better games that were coming on this weekend. That's too bad. And I hope everybody that 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 tested positive from COVID, um, including Cam Newton. I hope those guys uh speed I you know speedy recoveries. Uh. So, let's get into my top 10 teams going into week four. Here we go. Okay. So, at 10, I have the Tennessee Titans. Um, Yeah. Speaking of the Tennessee Titans, they're a consistent team. I know what I'm getting from the Titans every week. Every week, I know what I'm getting from the Titans. Uh, They're going to run the football. They're going to be physical up front. They're going to play good defense. And surprisingly, Ryan Tannehill is not as bad. He's not as bad. He has not regressed. He's he. I mean, he has three game-winning drives this year. He has three game-winning drives in all three games this year. So, Ryan Tannehill, he's balling. He's balling. I must admit, he's balling. So, I have the Titans at 10. At nine, I have the LA Rams. Um, they put up a strong fight, a strong effort versus the Bills. They were down 28 to 3. They made a great comeback. They were one call away from winning that football game. So I think the Rams are really good. Um, their next two games are are they're versus the Giants and the Washington football team. So those should be two easy wins for the for the Rams to get back on track. Um, Sean McVay, I told you guys, great play, great play caller, great innovator offensively. Their their defense has been better than what I what I expected. So I got the Rams at nine. Uh, at eight, the Bucks. Okay, remember, coming into the season, I told you guys, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the story, the, the first half of the year. The story and all eyes are going to be on the defense. Their defense has performed at a high level. Their defense has performed at a high level. It's 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 easy to spot. It, their defense has performed at a high level. They're third in sacks. They're third in rush defense. They're third in takeaways. They're first in the red zone. I mean, this is a really dominant defense, it, it, especially up front. I like what they can do. They can they they can they, they don't they can rush the passer without blitzing. That is such a plus. That's a that's such a plus. When your defense is able to rush the quarterback without blitzing, it it, it just makes your secondary that better. And also, their offense is progressively getting better. 
Tom Brady is starting to work out the clinks with, the, with you know, with his personnel on offense. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at eight. At seven, I got the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are a pretty good football team. Um, I'm not sure if they can win a Super Bowl. I'm not sure if they can get to a Super Bowl. But I think they're a really good football team. Now, I must admit, their opponents that they have beaten have been weak. Their 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 combined their component their their opponents combined record is 0-9. So they so the teams that they have beaten, the Broncos, I mean now, they have no wins. The Broncos, the Giants, or the Texans. The Giants are 0-3. The Broncos are now one and three, and now the Giant and, and, and the um, Texans are zero and three. So before this week, before the Broncos got their first win on Thursday, the Steelers' opponents had no wins. So I don't know how good they are, but I think they're going to be really. I think they're a pretty good football team. Um, they got the best. I think they have the best defensive line in football. Uh, they're second in the league in sacks behind Washington. So, you know, they got a veteran coach, veteran quarterback, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger. So, I got the Steelers at seven. I think they're a really good football team. Um, at six, the Patriots. I have the Patriots at six. With Belichick and that defense and with Cam and that offense, um, like, like I said, hopefully Cam can bounce back. But this is a good football team. Yes, it has its limitations. You can spot these limitations, but I think the only I think only the good teams, I think only the elite teams can spot out their limitations. But I had the Patriots at six. They're not quite top five. Um, but it's a good football, it's a really, really good football team. Um The Bills, I got the Bills at five. I got the Bills at five. Solid defense. But I think the story for the Bills so far is Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a legit MVP candidate. He's a legit MVP candidate. He's second in the league in passing yards. He's second in the league in, 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 um, in passing touchdowns. He has a high completion percentage. Wow. Who, th- who would thought? Who would have thought Josh Allen would have a 70 completion percentage? Well, he does. So I think this is a big, this is big props to Sean McDermott for developing Josh Allen. Um, this is big props to the Bills for getting Stephon Diggs. I think, I think the Stephon Diggs is helped. Adding Stephon Diggs has helped, um, as I predicted. So I got the Bills at five. Um, at four, at four, I got the Seahawks. I got the Seahawks at four. Um, I, it, they have holes in their defense. I don't think their secondary is pretty good. Uh, their secondary is not good at all. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, they can't they can't rush the quarterback. And get this, Russell Wilson is their saving grace. Russell Wilson has been playing absolutely phenomenal. He's he's been playing out of his mind. Fourteen touchdowns, one interception. But also, in the first three games. The Seahawks have given up 400 plus yards in all three games. 
Versus Atlanta in week one, they gave up 506 yards. Versus New England in week two, they gave up 464 yards. And versus Dallas last week, they gave up 522 yards. So their defense is giving up a whole bunch of yards. But Russell Wilson is the Seahawks' saving grace. So I got them at four. At three, the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, no. Hell no. Sorry. At three, I have the Baltimore Ravens. They're still a good football team. The Baltimore Ravens at three. They're still a really good football team. But we all know the kryptonite. The Ravens' kryptonite is the Chiefs. They can't beat the Chiefs. Lamar is a different quarterback. He's a different quarterback playing against the Chiefs. He's a different quarterback playing against the Chiefs. Um, and when he and, and, and when he's behind, when he's trailing in games, he's just not the same guy. Um, so I want to see Baltimore fix that, but I got them at three. At two, the Packers. Aaron, once again, Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. Um, I think this is the best offensive line he's had in like six years. Aaron Jones is playing out of his mind. Um, Lazard and Marquise Valdez-Scantling, they're playing some good football. This defense is it, this defense is better. This defense is it's gotten better. I think this is the more I think this is the most complete team in the NFC. That's why I got them at two. And at number one, you can probably think, you can already guess, I got the Kansas City Chiefs at number one. Um, let me, okay, I'm gonna read you guys Patrick Mahomes' numbers in September. This is Patrick Mahomes' numbers in September. In his career. In weeks one through four, he's 11 and 0 with a 67 completion percentage, 33 touchdowns, and zero interceptions with a passer rating of 120. You can cut the music. I mean, the Chiefs in this offense, is they're playing at another level. And through weeks one through four, the month of September for Patrick Mahomes in his career, He's 11-0, once again, 11-0, with a completion percentage of 67, 33 touchdowns, and a passer rating of 120. I mean, he's this is, this is damn near perfect. This is perfect. He's perfect in the month of September. Also, Andy Reid's football teams, they usually get off to quick starts. Whatever I can do to help. They, oh my God, Siri. <laughs> they usually get off to quick starts. So, um, the Chiefs... And also, Steve Spagnola, he's done a great job with this defense. He's done a good job with this defense. They contain Lamar Jackson as well as you can do it. So I had the Chiefs at number one. Um, they had a great win against the, the, the Baltimore Ravens, obviously. Um, the Chiefs, they're clicking. They're, they're, I mean, they're just, they're just offensively and defensively, they're clicking on, on one accord. And like I told you guys on Wednesday, Andy Reid, he's coaching with no limitations. He's coaching with no restraint. He's coaching with no with no locks. He's coach. He just he's just loosely coaching. He's just having fun calling plays, dialing up plays, Eric Manini, calling up plays. This is what you can do when you have an all time great talent at the quarterback position. That's what you can do. 
All right, so I have my week four predictions. Um, I feel pretty confident about these predictions. I feel confident every week, okay? Um, I know some of you guys, you like to question me, but I feel very confident every week going into every week. Um, week three, get this. Week three, I went 12-3-1. So I, I'm pretty good at this. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. I went 12-3-1 in week three. So I I I feel good. <laughs> I I feel good. Um and I'm 35 I'm 35 11 and 1. So on the season I am 35 No, excuse me. I'm 35 12 and 1 on the season. So I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at picking these games. Let's get it started. Uh, the Cleveland Browns versus the Dallas Cowboys. This is this is going to be a really good one o'clock game. This is probably the best one o'clock game um, that's coming on. So the Cowboys are four and a half point favorites. I'm going to take the Cowboys in this game. Okay, I'm going to take the Cowboys and I take the points. Uh, I think Dak is so. Get this, Dak is really good at home. Dak is really really dominant at home. Since 2019, Dak has 26 total touchdowns at home. That's the second most in the league since 2019, since last year. So with this game, it's a contrast in styles. The Browns are more run-heavy, ball control. Uh, You know, they they, they, they don't want to get into shootouts. They want to run the football, control time possession, that, you know, keep your offense off the field. Where the Cowboys, it seems like, I don't know, I don't know their identity, but it seems like they, they lead the league in passing yards. Uh that's a fact. Uh they score a lot of points. They're gonna they, they wanna score a lot of points. They wanna get up and down the field. So I think it's a con this game is a contrast in styles. But I do question how good are the Browns? The Browns, they played, they they beat Cincinnati and rookie quarterback Joe Burrow, and then they beat Dwayne Haskins, who, I mean, he only has 10 career starts. So, technically, he, he, I mean, technically, he's not a rookie, but rookie. But if you look at his career starts, he, he's a rookie. So, they beat two rookie quarterbacks in two bad teams. So, I don't know how good the Cleveland Browns is. I think this is, this is definitely better competition for the Browns. Um, the Cowboys, they had two tough losses versus the Rams and the Seahawks. So this is a bounce back week for the Cowboys. Um, and plus they're at home. The Cowboys, at, they're usually good at home. Dak is usually good at home. I'll take the Cowboys. I think I don't think the Browns will be able to score enough to keep up with the with the Cowboys. I'm gonna say 34 to 26 Dallas. Um next game on the docket. It was supposed to be the Steelers and Titans, but that game has been postponed, as I already mentioned. So I have the Saints versus the Detroit Lions. This game is interesting because the Saints are missing some pieces. Um, they're, they're, they're missing Jared Cook. They're missing Michael Thomas. So they're going into Detroit with, you know, with some pieces. This is also a role game for the, for the Saints, quote-unquote. Uh, and but the Saints are still three point favorites. I'm gonna take the underdog. I'm gonna take the underdog. I'm gonna take the under. I'm gonna take the underdog and go with the Lions. This is this is gonna be this is probably one of my bold picks this week. 
um, one of my, my one of my bold picks and my underdog picks this week. The Saints have no Marshawn Lattimore. Um, the, the the Lions are coming off a pretty good win versus the Cardinals. They got Kenny Galladay back. So with so the Saints they don't have their best DB um, and Kenny in Marshawn Lattimore. The Lions have Kenny Galladay, Matt Stafford in that combination. I just think with that with with the with the Saints offense and the lack of explosiveness, I could see the Lions pulling the upset. I'm a I'm a ah I'm I'm so close to ah I'ma pick the Lions. This is my bold pick of the week. I'ma pick the Lions to win this game 28 to 25. 28 to 25. I'ma pick the Lions to win slightly. Ah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but that's gonna that's just gonna that's gonna be my bold pick. I'm not gonna be mad if I missed if I missed that. Um, okay, next the Minnesota Vikings versus the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are three and a half point favorites. Uh, I'm gonna take the points and I'm gonna go with the Texans. Uh, they're winless. Both teams are winless. I I, I, I trust the, this. This comes down to I trust Deshaun Watson more than I trust Kirk Cousins. Um, that the Minnesota secondary is struggling. Their secondary is struggling. Their defense is not what it used to be. Their defense is just not what it used to be over the last several years. Um, they got a lot of young guys in the secondary. I think Deshaun Watson will be able to uh, take advantage of that and use that to his advantage. The Texans, both of these teams, desperately need a win. The three and a half, like I said, Texans are three and a half point favorites. I think this could. It could be a lot of points in this, so I'm going to go with 30. I'm going to go with the Texans 38 to 31. 38 to 31. I'm going to go with the Texans winning this football game. I'm a, I trust Deshaun Watson more than I trust Kirk Cousins. Um, the next game on the docket, the Indianapolis Colts versus the Chicago Bears. Um, this game is at Soldier Field. The Colts are three and a half point favorites. I'm not. They're three point favorites. I'm not worried about that. I'm gonna take Chicago. Chicago in this defense with Nick Foles. Um, Nick Foles. I think. I think Matt Nagy this whole time wanted Nick Foles. I think he wanted Nick Foles to be the starter. Now Nick Foles is the starter. Um, Nick Foles has had some great luck versus the uh, Indianapolis Colts. But I, once again. Similar to the Browns with the Colts. How good is this Indianapolis team? They lost to the Jaguars, but then the next two weeks, or the last two weeks, they beat Minnesota and the New York Jets. Both teams are winless. Both teams look terrible. So I question how good are the Indianapolis Colts, and plus they have an aging quarterback. The I, I like the Bears in this defense. I like... um. Uh, they're really good on third down, so I'm gonna take the Bears to win this game, 27 to 20. 27 to 20. I just question how how good are the Colts really? I'm gonna take the Bears, 27 20. Um, the next game on the docket, the L.A. Chargers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, the the Buccaneers are seven point favorites. I'm gonna take the points. I, I think the Buccaneers win this game. Um, I think they're clicking on all cylinders. Their defense has been playing really well. I think they're all, like I said, their offense has been progressively getting better. The Chargers are without their best um, player in the secondary, and they're without Chris Harris. 
So two of their best players in their secondary, the Chargers will not have, and they're going up against a lethal passing attack and some lethal receivers. I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win this game 35-24. to 35-24 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, next game in the docket, the Baltimore Ravens versus Washington. The Ravens are 14-point favorites. So Vegas must know something, and they must agree with me. Okay, let's look at this. The Ravens, they're a, they're a really good football team coming off an embarrassing loss. You know what this means. The Ravens are going to win this game. I have the Ravens winning this game 31-17. to 31-17. Washington doesn't have no Chase Young. Um, they, they, Matt Ioannidis is out for the season. Those are two big losses in that, in that front seven. I think Baltimore would come in this game hungry, ready to attack, um, and get in, you know, take out some of that revenge, um, on, on this Washington football team. Um, next game with the docket, the Arizona Cardinals versus the Carolina Panthers. The Cardinals are three point favorites. Uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals to win this game. Uh, I, I'm a little worried um, that DeAndre Hopkins, is he's hurt now. But the Carolina Panthers, they have no Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the Pan- this, Panthers, this Panthers team's defense is not really good at all. I think Kyler Murray will have a bounce-back week. He had a, he, he had a rough week last week. I think he have a bounce-back week versus, versus this weak defense. And I think the Cardinals will win this game 32 to 20. Uh, next game, the Jaguars versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are two and a half point favorites. This is a home game for the Bengals. I think the Bengals win this game. I love how the way they fight. They, they I mean, every game they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting, and they're trying to be competitive. Um, now I think the ja- the Jacksonville's defense is not good at all. So I think ja- I think Joe Burrow will. I think he'll be able to have a good day against this Jacksonville defense. Um, it, it doesn't present, it, it just doesn't present many threats. So I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game 27 to the Jaguars 24. Um, next game on the docket, one o'clock game, the Seattle Seahawks versus the Miami Dolphins. The Miami, the Seahawks are five and a half point favorites. Um, now this is a, this is an interesting game because Seattle is a really good football team. But this is the longest tra- this is the longest trip in the NFL from from one corner of the country to another corner of the country. The Seahawks travel from Seattle all the way from the Pacific Northwest, Northwest all the way to South Beach across the country. That is the longest trip you can take in this country. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a tight game. Also. This Seahawks defense isn't very good. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's one of those quarterbacks. He can get hot. He can get hot in a quick second. Um, so I, I'm still going to take the Seahawks to win this game, but I think this game is closer than what people think. Um, and I think Seattle wins this game by the skin of their teeth. I think Russell Wilson, he, 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 he you know, he, he, he's going to be Superman. He's going to save the day. So I had the Seahawks winning 30 to 28. 30 to 28. Um, the Giants versus the Rams. The Rams are 13 and a half point favorites. The Rams, once again, 
The Rams are a talented football team, a really good football team, coming off of a challenging loss. They're coming off of a a challenging loss, a controversial loss, versus the Bills. So the Giants are not very good at all. I think the Rams take full advantage of that. And I think the Rams win this football game. I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going to go 33-23. to 33-20. to 20, Well, no. Excuse me. I have the wrong score. 33-16. to 16. I got the Rams winning this game big. Um, okay. This is an interesting one. Buffalo Bills versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Bills are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to take the Bills to win this game. The Bills, the story of the year for the Bills, like I, as I mentioned in my top ten list, the story of the year for the Bills so far is Josh Allen's development. And with his development and his improvement, this offense has turned into one of the elite offenses and the elite passing attacks in the NFL. Um, the Raiders do not have a great defense. I think the Bills force the Raiders to play defense. Plus, the Bills have a really strong defense. The Raiders are missing two offensive linemen. Uh, I think, I, I think you know, this is going to be a, a really good game. I think the Bills will be able to put up points. I'm going to go with the Bills to win this game 35-24. to 35-24. to I'm going to take the Bills to win this game. I just think I think the Bills offense is going to be able to stretch the field. Josh Allen is going to continue um, his great play against this questionable uh, Raiders defense. But um, I'm going to take the Bills. Um, Sunday night football, the Philadelphia Eagles versus the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the 49ers, they do get a couple of their playmakers back, George Kittle and Debo Samuel, I think. Um, Philly is a seven point, the, 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 the Eagles are seven and a half point underdogs. I'm going to go with the underdog. I'm going to take the Eagles. I think the Eagles get their first win. Um, I just don't know how they would do this. I just don't know how the Eagles would get it. I mean, they're so injury riddled. Both teams are injury riddled. Um, Nick Mullins. Is, is Nick Mullins going to have another great week like he did against the Giants? I don't know. But Philadelphia isn't that great either. So this is, a really, this is really one of the most challenging games. I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not too confident about this pick. But I'm going to go with Philadelphia to win. Uh, I think, I guess Carson Wentz would do enough. I don't, I, I don't know because Carson Wentz hasn't played well. So... Uh, um, I'm going to go with the Eagles to win, I guess. I think the Eagles, I guess the Eagles get their first win of the year. I'm skeptical of this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. I usually don't do this in predictions. I usually have my predictions already ready. But this right here, this, this game right here, I'm going to come back to it. Monday Night Football, the Atlanta Falcons versus the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are seven and a half point favorites. This game is at Lambeau. I'm going to take the Packers to win this game. The Falcons, their defense is poor. Their defense is piss poor. Aaron Rodgers is playing some great football. Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones is arguably a top five, if not a top three running back in football. Um, and plus... The, the, the Packers defense, they're playing really good football. I think this Packers team, 
it, it, they're probably the they're probably the most complete team in the NFC. I'm gonna go with the Packers to win this game. I'm gonna go to the Packers to win this game, 34 to 24. Um, I'm gonna go with the Packers to win this game. Okay. Lastly, back to this Sunday night game: Philadelphia versus the San Francisco 49ers. Like I said, both teams are injury riddled. The Eagles literally had one receiver that was that practice. They had one receiver that practice. So the in, so the injuries have been piling up on both of these teams. But is Nick Mullins really going to have a good week? Is he going to have another great week like he did against the Giants? I I I don't feel confident about this pick, y'all. And like I said, I usually have these picks already written out. I usually feel confident about these picks. I tell you guys before I do these picks, I'm confident. But this game right here, I I, I don't know. I'm going to go with the Eagles to win this game 23-20. to 20. I think they barely get it done. I think Carson Wentz tries to have a good week. I hope, I guess. I don't know, guys. I'm sorry. I'm going to go with the Eagles, 23-20. to 20. I'm going to go with the Eagles to win that game, 23-20. to 20. And those are my predictions for the week. Um, so, back on the Kyrie thing, before I let you guys go, uh, I just want to wrap up a little bit. But, but with the Kyrie thing, Kyrie, he's putting a lot of pressure on himself with this Brooklyn team. Because he, he's created some headlines with, with, you know, some people, most people think that this is a shot at LeBron. Then he's talking about the Nets don't really need a coach. Mm, I, I, would beg, I would beg to differ. Um, I like Kyrie just as much as the next man. But, uh, I mean, that's kind of a, that, that, that's, that's out there. That's a, that, that statement is, is very much out there. And, and, and I think all Kyrie and KD are doing I think they're just putting more pressure on themselves. And I'm not saying they can't handle it, but it's going to be a lot of pressure on them to win because if they don't win and they come up really, really short, we're going to be looking at them like, we thought y'all didn't need a coach. We thought y'all didn't need a coach. We thought this. We thought that. I, I, I'm just saying. And I hate to be this guy, but... I got to be honest, Kyrie's talented, but how valuable is he? How valuable is he really? Before, Le- I mean, because like, I, I often have to do this with Kyrie. Before LeBron, what was, before LeBron, what was Kyrie's brand? Before LeBron's, Kyrie's brand was often hurt, a bit of a diva, kind of hard to get along with. You know, real ball dominant. That was Kyrie's brand before LeBron. Then LeBron joins Cleveland and saves Kyrie from the pits of hell. Hey, LeBron, hey. Kyrie, he's, he gets signature shoes. He gets to the playoffs for the very first times in his career. He gets to NBA Finals. He eventually wins a championship. 
Then once he leaves LeBron and the Cavs, he goes to Boston. Boston, they get to the conference finals without him. That he comes back the following year. Oh yeah, and, yeah, they lost in the second round. And then this following year, after he departures, after his departure, they go back to the Eastern Conference Finals. So how valuable is Kyrie? But he's talented. He's talented. And he's all of those things. But how really how much how much how valuable is Kyrie? I just wonder. And plus, plus Kyrie, he missed more than half. He missed a he missed a majority of this year. Brooklyn Nets still got to the playoffs. Just saying. But um I'm gonna close this bad boy out. Um, thank you guys for continuing to support this podcast. Continue to sp- support me. Shout out to all the day one listeners. Shout out to all the regular listeners. Shout out to all the first time listeners. Shout out to all of those DSPs that you guys are listening from. It truly means a lot. Continue to click. Continue to spread the word. And always remember, two choices, one decision. Enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy your weekend. I catch you guys next week. Thank you. Deuces. I'm out.